Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of Drop the Light. I'm super excited for another episode, this episode in particular. Uh, Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year, the first episode of 2020. 2020, only what, two or three days old at this point? Yeah, yeah. So, it's very exciting. Um, How was your holidays? Christmas, uh, New Year's, all that? My holidays are pretty good. Um, Christmas, you know, is a low-key Christmas. My family, we didn't have a tree, but it was fine. That's the way we wanted it. Um, New Year's, I spent with a little bit of a cold, so if my voice sounds a little bit, like, more nasally than usual, that's why. Um, but again, low-key, just stayed in. Wouldn't have it any other way. How about you? Uh, it was great. I feel like I had a lot of Christmas celebrations this year for some reason. Like, we had to celebrate Christmas a little bit early because of... Uh, my grandparents being on the older side, so we wanted to have it during the week when people weren't like getting out of work late and stuff. And then we'd have like Christmas too because my sister works nights, and then we had the next like the next day so we could give her our presents and all that. Um, but it was great. It was it was a lot, but I'm excited to like get back into the routine. Um, but New Year's New Year's was good. I just stayed in. There was an Everybody Loves Raymond marathon. And um, I had a champagne toast with my with my mom, and <laughs> that is good enough for me. Maybe that proves I'm an old lady, but I don't know. I've never really been, like, a big New Year's fan, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Like, to me, it doesn't f- – January doesn't feel like a new start. Like, I think I'm more of, like, a birthday person mm-hmm. when it comes to setting new goals and – yeah. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Well, I could definitely understand that. The thing with me, though, is my birthday is at the end of January. Okay. So with me, with with New Year's, I kind of have that a little bit too. But on New Year's, I just think, oh, God, I'm going to meet another year older soon. Right. <laughs> See, those good. fall in the same kind of timeline for you. So that's convenient. My birthday is the last day of July. Mm-hmm. So they're completely at opposite ends of the year. So it just doesn't really feel like a fresh start to me like I kind of like to reflect on my birthday about like what I would like to do for the next year and all that and in January I'm like I feel like I'm halfway through something as opposed to just to just beginning something but that's just me uh, do you have do you have any goals or new year's resolutions that you want to implement um not really uh this year I haven't really I mean every year I have like kind of the same standard goal which is to get to the gym more get a little more in shape uh get a little bit healthier which I generally do, but not as much as I'd like to. So it's convenient because I get to keep the same goal and uh, I never really have to think about changing and getting a new one. So Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I was actually thinking about that today. Like, I feel like I kind of always have the same general sort of goals and I I sort of base how I'm doing in life based on just those couple of goals. Like, I always want to pay down debt and I always want to produce more creatively. So if I'm yeah. looking back on any kind of year, it's like... Do I have less debt and do I feel like I've improved myself and sort of stretched myself creatively? If I'm doing okay financially and I'm doing okay creatively, I feel pretty I feel pretty good. I do want to say, actually, one thing that I do want to learn, I'm going to circle back to that for a second, is I do want to learn soap making. I already informed Colleen and Scott of that so they can keep me accountable, but I really want to learn to make homemade soap this year. I feel like that's an achievable goal and I just got to buy the supplies and get to it. And we are very supportive of Nicole's goals. We think she should do it. We think it's a great idea. If she makes soap and brings it in, I'm going to use it. I'm not going to use that, you know, near my eyes right away. But after, I'm just kidding. Um, 
But uh, no, I'm, we're really excited for her, and I think it would be a really cool hobby and a great skill if she can pull it off, which I, I agree. think she can. Thank you. I, need, I feel like I need some kind of craft to pass on to my children, hmm. so maybe that will be it. So I'm thinking um, for this episode, for our listeners, that we would do our third pop culture review because this is a great time of year for movies, television shows, books, music with the Grammys coming up, the Oscars coming up. We will have uh, full-fledged episodes, hopefully, uh, on the Grammys, and we definitely will for the Oscars. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. We won't get too much into like, uh, you know, nominees and topics around that, but those are coming. Exactly. So if you walk away today and like, oh, well, they didn't talk about all the great cinema in 2019. Soon. It's coming. Soon. It's coming. Don't be disappointed. It's going to be there. And we might even have a special guest on our Oscars podcast. So get excited for that as well, because I'm definitely looking forward to that. As am I. Ah, so, I mean, I know that Christmas is over, so I didn't really want this to be an entirely Christmas-themed podcast, but on all of the pop culture reviews that have been around the holiday season, um, I have talked about Sia's Christmas album. And previously, when we focus on Sia's Christmas album, we focus on the hit, Puppies Are Forever. This year, I want to focus on a different song in the album that I have a new appreciation for. And that song is Santa's Coming For Us. Now, I think that song could rival Puppies Are Forever. I don't know. Uh, I would say Puppies Are Forever is like a much more clear message. And Santa's coming for us. Like, what does that mean? There's a lot of different ways to interpret that. Well, yes, there are, which is what I like about it. And it's got an air of mystery to it. It's a little bit ominous. Like, he's coming for us. He's coming for us. And wh- what does that mean for us? We don't know. But he's He's coming. Uh, yes, uh, hopefully it is Santa who's coming and not Krampus, who is basically the evil Santa. Um, but yeah, I guess there's a lot of different ways to interpret it. Uh, he could be coming to give you a lump of coal. He could be coming to give you extravagant gifts. I guess it could be anything. It could be anything. And I like the um, variation and in inflection that Sia uses in that song. Santa's coming for us. Santa's coming for us. Santa's mm. coming for us. I always appreciate a good variance in inflection. I'm sure I get that from my high school English classes. Thank you, Mrs. Bates. But it's poetic. It's it's ominous. It's Christmassy. Um, has an element of danger to it. I like it. Okay, so both of us did watch a Netflix movie this past holiday season. Would you like to introduce that for us? Yes, uh, the movie is called Let It Snow, which um, it's kind of what you get in the title. It's about a bunch of teenagers who hang out at a Waffle House and all have their you know, high school problems and all that stuff. And uh, it snows eventually. Happy times. Happy times. I watched it on my couch while eating bagel bites. But what kind of stuck out to me most about the movie was, so it kind of had, you know, the storyline where the girl has this best friend who's like kind of quiet and nerdy and he's secretly in love with her and he can't, you know, express her feelings about her and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then some other guy comes along who 
you know, seems interested in her and he gets really jealous and he gets angry at her. And then at the end, her and the best friend end up together. And I have a problem with that trope for a lot of reasons. I just feel like it's not true to life at all. And I know that, you know, looking at these kind of movies, like Hallmark movies and stuff and being like, it's not true to life is a little bit silly. And I get that. But I'm just always kind of annoyed by that, oh, quiet guy loves his best friend. And then in the end, it turns out she loves him too. And they're going to be together. And it's like, I don't know. In real life, I feel like if you are just this like quiet person who's like never going to express their feelings and then someone else comes along, they're just su that person is suddenly going to realize their feelings for you? Like, no. If that person is more direct, they're the ones that are probably going to sweep that person off their feet. And yeah. they're going to be the one who ends up with that person, not you, because you're too much of a weenie to say anything. This is what I always want to scream at my TV. And I know, like I said, it's silly. It's a Hallmark movie. It's just TV. But I feel like I see that trope all the time, and it irks me. Well, it's... Because that's well, what happened in this movie. Well, I was going to say, I do agree with that because I myself am like, you know, the quiet guy in real life. And I'll tell you something that that doesn't happen in real life to the... Uh, and what you said happens, that's exactly what happens all the time. And I think the reason it happens so much in like, you know, TV and all that stuff is because like... Like, not every quiet person in the world is like me, but, like, I, for, I'm i a writer, for example, as I've said here a few times, and, you know, movies are written by writers. And a lot of times, I think the tropes start out as, like, oh, you know what, this character is kind of based on me. Let me let him get the girl in the end. You know, the thing that never happened to me. I think that's kind of why it's become such a huge, phenomenal trope in that sense, even though it never really happens in real life. So I would agree with that because, yeah, it's not realistic and it kind of, like, gives people a false sense of hope that if they just kind of sit back and don't say anything, life will work out, and it usually doesn't happen that way. To me, it's just not as interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in this movie, this other guy comes along, and he's, like, really nice and really fun and seems really into her. So it's like, why, realistically, would she not go for that Instead of some guy sitting in the corner who's just like waiting for her to to come around. I don't know. I know I'm making way too much of a big deal out of this. But it's like in Fuller House. And I know, again, that show is ridiculously silly. But in Fuller House, DJ in the end ends up with Steve. The guy that she like dated in high school. And I just kind of like an ending that's a little... like I love a happy ending. Don't get me wrong. But I like an ending that has a little bit of interest to it. And this is also timely. Another example um, is Little Women, which is a book and a story that I've loved for a really long time. And I love that ending because, are you familiar with the story of Little Women at all? They're making a remake of it. Uh, it's actually in theaters right now. Yeah, not uh, not too much, but I know a little bit about it. But you can spoil anything because I, I don't personally mind. So what happens in Little Women is it's about this girl named Jo who's really independent. She's a writer. Um, it takes place in, I don't even know what year, ye olden days is what I call it. And, um, you know, her family wants her married off and stuff, but she wants to be independent. And this neighbor boy is totally in love with Joe and wants to marry her. And he's like, we're meant to be together. They're best friends, but he has so many feelings for her. And he's like, I want to marry you. Like, let's be together. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want that. And in the end, she meets this professor. Um, and they actually end up, like, falling in love and getting married. So Laurie, the other guy, just wasn't the right person for her. Like, she did end up with a happy ending of her own, but it wasn't maybe what you would think. And that's that's the kind of ending that I really 
that I really love. I feel like if she'd ended up with Laurie, it would have just been, I don't know, kind of weak. I yeah. like that she has her own, her own unique happy ending. It's how I feel. So sue me. <laughs> um, speaking of Netflix, another TV show that I started recently watching is um, Virgin River. Have you seen any previews for that? I have not. It's pretty good. Um, it has the lead actress. Uh, the lead actress in this show played Monique in She's the Man, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. But um, it's a great show. But one thing that I think is interesting about this show and just like every show, basically, how come everyone's hair looks perfect all the time in TV? Because they have a lot. Uh, the real answer is because they want it to look everyone to look really nice so they hire a lot of expensive hair and makeup people to you know do their hair but yeah so that's that's the real world reason well yeah in, the, in universe reason in the television i don't know why i guess they just take pride in their appearance yeah i just but. think it's so funny watching this show like there's this one scene where she gets kidnapped and has to like help them all with all this medical stuff because she's a nurse and she's gone for like three days and she comes back and her hair looks amazing like i want to reach through the screen and touch it like, if I had gone through that experience and I had gotten kidnapped and I was in the woods and all that, I would look like I crawled out of a lagoon. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at her. She's just coming back from this experience and her hair looks like she just exited a Pantene commercial. Huh. Well, it's good to know that if for some reason, God forbid, you get kidnapped and have to go through this whole ordeal, that thing you're concerned about is your hair. I mean, I guess that's something to be concerned about, but... You know, if it looks good when you come back, you can just be like, oh, that was horrifying, but my hair look is looking good. Yeah. I just think it's kind of funny that how, like, perfect-looking characters are in shows, even no matter what they go through. Like, they come out in full makeup and, like, flawless hair. Mm. Hilarious. Well, well, I mean, that happens on, like, a lot of shows, especially, like, I mean, um, another example on Netflix, uh, I haven't seen the past season other than the first episode too and I don't plan on continuing to watch it but uh, 13 Reasons Why uh, a, a series that focuses solely on high schoolers where like all the characters have like perfect skin perfect hair right no like, acne and, yeah nothing. no acne and it's just like that's that's not real that's not realistic I heard I didn't watch the show Glee but um I watched Glee yeah I, I heard it was great I just didn't watch it but I heard on one season that um they were like they started to cover up all like the actors like you know acne and stuff and i think the actors are saying like i mean high schoolers don't have perfect skin and then they're like no no no, we're just gonna cover that up well the actors i mean weren't even close to high school age when they were playing those parts so i doubt they had like full on acne but yeah, maybe i'm thinking of a different show maybe. again i didn't watch Glee, right right but, uh, i just saw this in a youtube video so i might be misquoting that but still the, the right, principle right. is there was a show where they were just covering up acne. And it's like, dude, they're high schoolers. If anything that helps you out, I mean, it's the way of the world. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Did you have anything else on the docket that you wanted to bring up for today? Pop culturally. So this is something that um, we won't touch on too much because like we said, the Oscars episode is coming. But this year in pop culture, I noticed that this is a big year for uh, sophomore directorial efforts because... Um, Jordan Peele came out with Us, um, Robert Eggers came out with The Lighthouse, and Ari Aster came out with Midsummer, which I haven't seen yet. But um, Ugh, I'm not seeing that. Ugh. Yeah, I haven't seen it um, because it hasn't been readily available, and when it is, I might see it. Um, but I mean, 
I would I tried to watch it before you know this episode because I knew I was going to mention this, but uh, I'm not looking forward to seeing it if that makes sense. Because uh, my buddy Chris told me that um, the because um, Ari Aster's uh, previous movie, his directorial debut was Hereditary, and uh, my buddy Chris was like, "Oh yeah, so um, I'm going to tell you something. You know how you feel during the telephone pole scene in Hereditary? Uh, every, anyone who's seen Hereditary knows what I'm talking about. I'm not going to get into it more." because of its content and then i'm like oh yeah that was really disturbing it's like yeah that's how you feel throughout all of midsummer and i'm like then why watch that it? that is why that watch is it, weird like if it's gonna make you so uncomfortable why why i mean here's the thing i i've seen a lot of movies so uh it takes a lot to get me really uncomfortable but um so for that reason, since I was uncomfortable during the telephone pole scene in Hereditary, I am curious to see what this whole movie is going to bring. So if that makes sense. Sort of. I mean, I feel like I used to kind of just watch everything too, just that I was curious about. And now this is just me, but now I'm like, mm, why put myself through things that I don't want to be put through <laughs> voluntarily? Hmm. Yeah, no, I guess that makes sense. I mean, uh, on that list... Uh, you know, I just mentioned Us. I did watch all of Us, but uh, I will be honest, I actually did think about turning it off because I'm in, I don't know, either like a big or small percentage of people that did not like the movie Us. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to turn it off, but I was like, you know what? I'll give it a chance because I love to get out, but Us never really paid off. I mean, was that because you didn't like the movie though? Or was it because it was disturbing you in some way? No, uh, Us was not really disturbing and I mean, the trailer was really creepy, so I was actually looking forward to seeing Us. But, like, Us just, it makes no sense. Um, because Jordan Peele, like, with Get Out, um, everything in the script was, like, so... You know, there were so many hidden layers to almost everything, as I'm sure you know, because you saw Get Out. And Jordan Peele decided he wanted to keep doing that with Us. So he kept doing that, except his story makes no sense. So he's like, oh, I can still have all these little details and scenes, but the story doesn't have to make sense because Get Out was so good. So, um, so yeah, I just didn't like Us because I just, I just don't think it makes any sense. Um, it would probably take a full podcast episode for me to explain why Us doesn't make sense, but uh, so I won't, I won't take up that much time. But no, I just didn't like it because I just didn't like the movie. Right. I mean, that's one thing. But in the case of a movie like Midsummer, like, I mean, I looked up the plot and I'm like, I don't understand why anyone would want to watch that. It just looks disgusting. Yeah, I know almost nothing about the plot. I'm kind of going into it completely uh, as blind as I can go. We'll see what happens um, for Oscar season. Like we mentioned at the beginning, we will be having full Oscars podcast, probably broken up into two parts like before, potentially with a special guest. Um, And if Scott catches up on the Grammys, I don't know where you're at on that. With the Grammy Album of the Year nominees, we could be having a Grammys podcast as well. Yes, that's uh, well, that's the plan. I'm planning on listening to them all. Um, to tell you the truth, I was like, oh, well, I have until the Pop Culture Review podcast to really finish up all the Grammys. Now that we're doing that now, I'll have to really up my game. But I've listened to a little bit. and uh, Got to yeah. listen to every album. That's No, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to listen to every album. I saw, like... It's like album of the years, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I'll, I can listen to all, right. all those. I think I and plus I'm listening. I'm looking for for uh, more music to listen to anyway. So two birds, one stone. Two birds, one stone. Fabulous. 
Well, I think that takes us to the conclusion of our episode. And uh, I've got a question for you, as we always end this podcast with a question. What would that question be? What is one thing you recommend? The thing I would recommend is to take risks and um, try what you're passionate about. If there's something you're passionate about, if you're hesitant about doing it, or if you're just not sure how it'll play out, um, I would just say try it and don't be afraid to fail because failure can build character. And even if you fail, you can at least say you tried. So that's what I would say. I would just say, if you're passionate about something, try it, pursue it. Don't be afraid to fail. Wise words. It's unfortunate that I'm going second because I was going to say, I recommend a Cuddle Duds comforter for your bed. I just recently got one. It's the comfiest thing ever, and I never want to get out of bed. And if you're really feeling wild, pair it with an electric mattress pad, and you will really be glued to that thing. I feel like mine was way deeper than that. (laughs) Yes, it was, and mine was way more shallow. But hey, combine those recommendations, and you get something gloriously middle of the road. It's amazing. It's amazing. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy New Year, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.